I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. friends and welcome back to a brand new episode of the unbreakable you podcast i hope you all are having a wonderful week my week is going to be a little more chill because i'm on my period right now and i always feel like a little hermit over here in her little cave while I'm on my period, which is totally normal and natural. And this is just me really listening to my body. So if you need the reminder, if you're also feeling like this this week that you just need more time to yourself, you need to lay low a little bit this week and just be your hermity self Um, here is your reminder to do that and just your reminder to really listen to your body and honor those natural fluctuations that it feels as it moves through its monthly cycle. It's a beautiful thing, ladies. Let's love on it. So speaking of hormones and cycle talk, I actually have one of my fellow HA recovery enthusiasts on the show again this week. So last week we chatted with Elise. It was a great episode. She talked about her recovery journey through HA. I really loved the episode. I got so much great feedback on that episode. So if you loved the show last week, you're going to love today's episode with Chloe Hodgkinson. She is incredible and her and I also connected through HA Recovery. And similar to Elise last week, Chloe was actually given the opportunity to embrace recovery and move through recovery during the pandemic. So we talked a little bit about this last week, but also I want to talk about it again this week because I just find it so interesting how this whole pandemic starting kind of roughly March 2020, especially for those of us living in the U.S. and Canada, um, this pandemic has really hit everyone in the world so differently for a lot of people it has been a really challenging time but then these stories come out like the one last week and this week with Chloe and we can really see that the pandemic has also given so many of us that pause that we needed in order to really focus on ourselves and the healing that we're being called to do. So it's really interesting and I'm so excited to be able to share Chloe's story with you today. 
There's something about Chloe that is just magnetic. So we also talk about human design at the end. So be sure you listen to the whole episode. I know you're going to love it. And just a special thank you to all of you for being here every week with me. I really appreciate and love all of my listeners and I wish we could just gather together and hang out and I could give each of you a personal Meg hug. I would love that so much. Maybe someday when the world opens up again and I can travel outside of my country. Okay, so here's Chloe, and don't forget if you're loving the episode and you're listening to it somewhere, you can either take a screenshot or a picture of your surroundings and just post it on social media, over on Instagram, in your stories, tag me at I am Meg Dahl so I can see it and chat with you over there. And we will chat again next week. Hello, beautiful Chloe. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to finally be having you on because you and I have been trying to schedule this before 2021 even began. Like, we've been trying to get something in the books like way back in 2020, and it just never happened until now. And I'm excited for it now. Yeah, I'm so excited. We even have problems with you coming onto mine as well, don't we? I just feel like not only does the time difference not help, but both of us are so busy trying to help so many people that it just like didn't really align, did it? But I think you've said it before, like I'm a big believer of like it aligns when the time's right. Yes, exactly. And that is exactly what I believe. So I know we're just going to have a great chat today. But honestly, I've just been so excited to sit down with you. I know when you and I chatted for your show, we had an amazing conversation. But I'm just so excited for you to share your story with everyone today. I know you and I connected through HA, both having hypothalamic amenorrhea. And now being recovered from it. So I think my listeners always really love hearing stories from other women who have been through what they're going through now. And so many of my listeners, you know, have had HA or do have it currently, or just like struggle with food and exercise and their body. And I know Those are all things that you and I can both talk about forever. So I'm so excited to dive in. But before we get started, if people that are listening right now are just meeting you for the first time, if you want to give us a little intro into yourself. Yeah, I never really know what to say. (laughs) Uh, I I like to think of myself as like a HA recovery big sis on the internet. Um, So... Yeah, I went through HA last year. I really dove straight into my recovery and started documenting it on Instagram about sort of like being really open and honest. And since sort of that journey, learned so much about the female body periods and stuff. And it's just opened my eyes up to how how little us females know. And I'm now sort of on a mission to share as much knowledge as I can and hopefully try and get that trickle down into schools eventually that's sort of my mission 
Um, but yeah, so I talk about it a lot on Instagram. Uh, I'm a personal trainer and accountability coach, just helping girls like get through recovery. So if they're working with like a professional, like a dietitian or a doctor or someone like that, but they can't necessarily um, constantly touch base with them and they can touch base with me. So I just sort of like keep them on the right tracks and talk about my experience. So yeah, I guess guess that's me in a nutshell <laughs> yeah so you said like last year was really when you dove into recovery and started to document your journey so how long did you have HA at that point um so must have been two two years two and a half years no yeah about two and a half years I think okay and did you know that not having a period was not good the whole time? Or yeah, like yeah. you said, you know, we don't learn how amazing our bodies are when we're going through school, right? Like, I know I talked about this on a previous podcast, but it's kind of like we learn that, okay, you're going to get a period, just a heads up, right? But we don't learn how incredible this is and all of the changes that our bodies go through as females, that it's all like normal and we don't really know what to expect. And I just don't think it's really like painted through a lens of this is something you should be really proud of and excited for. And just like seeing it as this amazing thing that your body does, it's kind of like, uh, by the way, this is what happens and it's going to suck. And no wonder when it goes missing for the first month or however long, it seems to not be a big concern for so many of us. Yeah, hundred percent. I, my, I had a big epiphany last year where, was it last year? No, no, no. It was the first, so I decided to come off the pill after I came out of a relationship, long, really long-term relationship I'd been on it since I was 15 and then it was like I was 21 nearly 22 and I you know this you know this funny thing called intuition like something was telling me the amount of exercise I was doing and I'd read a little bit but like I mean you know and I'm sure so many people know how hard it is to come across any information or any studies about the female body and exercise and food but there was something in me and I remember seeing little tiny bits about the pill and over-exercising. And I don't know what it was, but something just told me to, to come off the pill. And I had this big epiphany that was just like, hold on, why do I not know anything about something that I have, that every woman has every single month? And unless we do something detrimental to our health, we can't help. It is the one thing that we can be certain of that is going to happen every single month if we're having, if we're ovulating and having a healthy cycle, right? And I was just like, I was so confused as to being like, why, why is this something that's so secretive? Why is this something that's deemed disgusting? Why is this deemed like our little secret? And, and like a lot of the time, like even the word vagina, like why is that? why is that not even a word like why do we call it like nunu or whatever it is that we talk about I remember I grew up calling it a willy that's weird like there were so many 
there were so many like epiphanies that I started to have that I guess got me angry as well that I was just like why why do I not know this and then it was literally like that same year I found out that the vagina is not even called the vagina it's called the vulva like the main like the whole part of it is like the vulva and the vagina is part of the vulva and I'm like hold on a second yeah like there's more down there other than just the vagina right Yeah. (laughs) yeah and then it's like like all of this sort of stuff and then it was like okay why is okay so the menstrual cycle isn't just to do with having a baby it was it's like there's so much more to it and if you don't have it then you can affect your bone you can affect your heart and it was just like hold on so that's probably why I've got digestion problems that's probably why my skin looks rubbish that's probably why I'm feeling rubbish and then it's like well okay I understand that I'm not having a period but why aren't I having a period oh my God, what my healthy, in quotations, lifestyle, eat less, move more lifestyle isn't isn't actually that healthy. And that blows my mind, still blows my mind because I remember those feelings of like those realizations of just being like, hang on a second, I live the lifestyle that everyone tells you to live. Yeah, it's so unhealthy. And why aren't we talking about this? Mm-hmm. And that also is why orthorexia is just so like it can fly under the radar for so many years. Yeah, and you it know? did me. Like I mm-hmm. was just known Same. as I was just known as the healthy one. Like, and I was proud of it. I was I judged other people. I fully was so like righteous about it. I was proud of the fact I didn't eat carbs. I was proud of the fact that if I turned down a piece of chocolate, I didn't turn it down because I didn't want it. I turned it down to prove a point that I was the healthy one. There were so many things that I did that are so, so toxic. I I honestly would judge people for eating what they wanted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I completely resonate with all of that. I was there at a point in my life as well. So let's go back to when you realized that what you thought was health was actually so far from it. You know, like, did you take steps immediately after that? Because I think so many women realize like, oh, shit, this is actually not healthy. Like, I feel awful. And like you said, digestive problems, skin problems, your periods missing, well, I'm doing all of these healthy things. So why do I feel the worst I've ever felt in my entire life? I remember feeling like that. And I even like kind of made a mental timeline thinking, when did this all start to happen? And it all started to happen when I started to work out and started to, you know, eat kind of like paleo-ish, I suppose, right? And starting to cut out certain foods, like you said, chocolate bars and other things that we think, okay, these things are gonna, like these decisions are making me healthy. But then all of a sudden, all of these health issues that I've never had in my life start to pop up. So once you kind of made that connection, what happened? Uh, Yes, I did. I did start to eat more. But I was so scared of gaining weight, so scared, like, 
the thought of gaining weight was just sort of like, oh my gosh, like I, I have been told. So I got into fitness because the guy that I was with told me he didn't want to be with a slob. So I got into fitness to not be the slob. So naturally I already had got into fitness, not for health beneficial reasons anyway. Like it was already because I wasn't good enough as I was. So that was straight away a reason. So then when my lifestyle, I realized that my lifestyle wasn't, still wasn't healthy and I needed to eat more. I realized I had to eat more, but then that scared me because I thought, oh, I'm gonna have to gain weight and I'm already not good enough as I am because I was still chasing the skinny. And then it was like, oh, and I'm, I'm not even healthy. So that affirmed to me that I still wasn't good enough. And then I was gonna have to go against the norms of diet culture to, to eat more. And I literally, I remember just sitting and thinking, you are literally, you like, you are literally like the worst person because you can't even do that right. Do you know what I mean? You can't even diet right. You can't even do health right. And so I still, don't get me wrong, I did try to increase my calories, but I think instead of where I was so worried about losing the fit identity to start with, I just shifted to the one with the period problem. So I labeled myself as period problem. And that's how I, ha- that's how I justified the eating the more. So I was still 100% like I, I worked out what I was comfortable with eating more of, and that was protein and fat. I was still not going to touch any carbohydrates. And so as much as I was still eating more, my, I was on like the lowest carb diet ever, uh, which we all know is horrendous for estrogen production and just not healthy or sustainable. And then instead of being the fit one, even though I still was, I just, I told everyone that I had a period problem and I've got a hormone problem. So then that helped me take on that sort of like lifestyle if you like suddenly I wasn't just the one that was fit and could do loads of burpees it's like oh Chloe's got a health problem so that's why she has to eat that so if someone eat saw me eating eating peanut butter I would be like oh it's because I've got a hormone problem so I never really I don't think it was it was a good two years of like slowly making tiny steps like that of like okay now I realized I might not be able to do hit all the times because as I learned more as I went, I swapped six days, seven days workouts of hit to um, six, seven days worth of gymnastics. Or then it slowly dialed back to maybe like four days of gymnastics. But it was such a slow, slow process because I had all of my worth was based on I cannot gain weight. I need to keep the fit one. And if I lose those, who the hell am I? Yeah. And I want to go into how you made those changes, especially like the identity stuff. And if you, what helped you like kind of release those identities? Because I know whenever I work with a client who first comes to me with HA or any type of like, you know, eating disorder, that sort of thing, it's the identity that keeps a lot of people stuck where they're at. And I would just be curious what you found helpful for your journey. But before we go there, I really want to point out something just 
so our listeners can kind of maybe do a self-check-in with themselves if they find themselves going through recovery right now because you said something really interesting and I think so many of us do this and I know I did it as well it's kind of like we go from this very rigid way of eating and living our life right I have to eat this these times a day and it's just like our food our relationship with food is very rigid our relationship with exercise and kind of everything that we do in our life is so rigid and then we're like oh I'm gonna do recovery right like I'm gonna get my period back I'm gonna recover I'm gonna heal but then we start to be really rigid with recovery and you said that so perfectly like you know, I started to eat more, but I was really rigid. Like I could only eat more protein and fats and I was still very restricting my carb intake. And the point that I want to make is like recovery doesn't happen when we're just continuing to be rigid with things, right? Like we can't just move that rigid behavior over to recovery just because we're like eating more now that that's not how it works no yeah the way I describe it is you need to cut the cord I felt like I was I felt like I was on an extendable lead so it's like I would put I would make some steps to recovery so whether that's like um, you know, slowly starting to eat more, slowly started to reduce my exercise, but I still had so many disordered habits that I was still so attached to. And I think the reason why it took me so long to recover was partly because I never knew of, I mean, I don't know how long you've been doing this, but it was a while. Like I, the first two years of recovery, I had no one, no one was talking about it. I couldn't find any information whatsoever apart from the no period now what book which just freaked me out um and it was just like there was it felt like I knew I needed to change but I didn't know how to and I also wasn't willing to it's like I wanted my period back but I I wasn't willing to accept the lifestyle change and I think that's so important of just sort of looking at your life as a whole and just being like I don't think I actually really sat down with me, which I think would be beneficial of just being like, what areas of my life are serving me right now? And what areas of my life are holding me back? Because I I think as that was, it was only when we all got put into lockdown that I was actually able to do that. And then I was taken out of my life of what I knew. And I was able to sort of sit with myself that and really work out it's like okay what what's benefiting me and and what's not I remember sitting on my bed uh so it must be like a year into sort of like half recovery I know they call it like quasi recovery or something I like to call it flirting with recovery (laughs) it's a good Um, term too uh and I remember sitting on my bed I was still living at my parents at the time and I remember thinking is this me? Is this my life? Because, and I actually remember thinking, I don't know how I'm going to be a mum. Partly because I wasn't having my period, but also because I looked at mums that would have cake at their kid's party. 
I looked at normal people that was like not having time to work out and like because the kids came first or the cleaning had to be done or the and I I'm bearing in mind I was only what 23 at the time I know like some people want to have kids then and that's all fine but like for me that wasn't a place but I remember sitting there and thinking I don't know how I'm ever going to do this because I'm not I don't want to change my life so how am I going to become a mum and then it was like this whole realization of like is this who I am am I always going to feel like I have to get up on a Sunday and go and do a like a hella workout before I could then allow myself to have a roast dinner and even then I was never going to have potatoes is this my life that I'm always going to pretend to not like potato like and it was just all of this that actually that that's when we all got put into lockdown that I was actually really able to sit with myself and be like okay what's the truth here and what am I trying to pretend is the truth what's serving me and what isn't serving me and I think until you sit with yourself and really like be completely honest with yourself and then also work out like what do you want your life to look at because I'm I'm a big believer if you if you if you know what you don't want you will know what you do want you've just got to flip it (laughs) and um yeah I think it was yeah it was what like two years into that and until we went into lockdown that I actually sat with myself because before that I just don't think I was I just I I knew that I needed to change and I knew I didn't want to keep living the life but I was so stuck in that routine that I was like and so attached to that person I can feel myself getting like emotional thinking about it (laughs) Mm -hmm. interesting because you hear I mean there's no doubt that lockdown has been so challenging for so many people but it was kind of that pause that you needed to sit with yourself yeah I'm not sure I'm not sure I would have made the changes if I wasn't put in that position yeah I was just gonna ask you like so if there wasn't this pandemic if there wasn't the lockdown like where would you be well interesting as well because and I know you're all into this but I'm just like the stars aligned like it just worked I started working with Rena McGregor the dietitian sports dietitian a week before we went into lockdown interesting and I just felt as if like I remember my first appointment with her I cried my mum sat there so she because I I also didn't have much support from the family not support like they definitely did support me like my mum helped me towards the fees of Rini and stuff like that but it was like the understanding people like my family didn't understand because I was like orthorexia and like what we we said it's so easy to hide like I was just the healthy one right um but I remember that first appointment I was crying we like dove quite deep into sort of like previous relationships and where it all started and with that guy and blah 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 mum heard it all and and then I went and bought, got a piece of cake afterwards. And that was like my first like, okay, I think I could do this. But I didn't quite know how I was going to do it because I was still having to go into the office and stuff like that. And then we got put into lockdown and that was my big, aha, this is how I'm going to do it. Interesting. Well, that's amazing. And yeah, like you said, it kind of, the stars really align and so interesting that you started working with her right before 
lockdown. And I just love that lockdown really did provide you with that pause that you needed. So earlier on, sweetheart, I think you said that you always kind of had that intuitive knowing of something about exercise, maybe you were over exercising, exercising too much, and like you needed to dial things back. So at what point did you start listening to that voice? Um, I didn't until, so I, I made small changes. So I was, I knew that there was something wrong when I would, like I said, I'd get up on a Sunday or like, I just, I couldn't relax. So like I, I'd be on holiday and I'd be wishing to get home because like there was so many disordered like issues when it came to exercise. And um, I believe the guy I was with, we sort of, he was really into the gym and I think we both had, we sort of like fueled each other's sort of like obsession, if you like. And then it was only when we split up that you get taken out of that that I then realized there was a problem but I didn't change anything really because suddenly I was this lone wolf so we were on and off for eight years so I first got with him when I was 13 so that was so young like that was my whole childhood really of being with someone and suddenly I'm this lone wolf and it's like okay I'm this lone wolf that's the fit one so like I fully dived into sort of fitness and I was trying to eat more but I don't think I changed any sort of workouts like socializing I'd meet my friends at the gym for a workout and then we'd go for brunch together and don't get me wrong like I absolutely loved it like it was I felt like I was living sort of like that that young dream of being like going for brunch with the girls and stuff like that and it was it was so good but there was so much disorder behind it of like the reasons why I was going and I don't think I dialed back any form of exercise I I did in terms of like hit and stuff like that but that was mostly oh god you know what I don't I think I really I didn't change anything until about a year in and that's only because I started a project called project become good at shit and I wanted to learn how to do handstands and stuff so that's when I started to dial back burpees and stuff like that and do more handstands but still even then I just became obsessed with that and I and it was still only when we went into lockdown when the gym shut that I like I really actually changed I've just got quite an addictive personality and instead of um instead of sort of like becoming a channeling it in a good way it I just I just became fixated on something else that was going to make me worthy because I thought well if I can't be really skinny then I can become really good at something and it's got to stay in fitness because then that would subconsciously keep me in a certain shape and there was so much I like I'm, I don't know if anyone else feels like this or can relate but like there was so much going on in my head when it came to exercise and so much like like cloudiness like even talking about it now I can't quite put the pictures together do you know what I mean because there's so much that it was really put my hand like I felt like I just shifted shifted until that lockdown happened when the gym shut that I was just like all right well what are you gonna do now Chloe 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm sure everyone, almost everyone can relate to just all of those thoughts. I remember just when you said that, I kind of went back to those days when I was really struggling going through university. And that's all I used to think about was mm-hmm. exercising and food when I was going to eat. And it's just like, I always say this, but it's like, how did I even make it through university? Because like, where was there room for me to hold new information? Because I was just always thinking about food and working out. Yeah, 100%. I can actually feel myself getting emotional about it because I just think, I just look back at how much I, it felt like in my eyes, I was putting myself first in so many ways I'm putting myself completely last and I just look at sort of like how I was even before I went into recovery and even before I I ended things with that guy that it was like no wonder I didn't have a sex drive no wonder I was miserable like he would call me miserable and I'm like I get it now like I 100% was I, I barely remember going to places because I just wasn't there. I remember like this one near me, there's a place called Dartmouth. And I went there like a year on after. Uh, So I went there with him and I don't remember it. And I went back there a year after with um, family and I still had a few food and exercise problems, but I probably went to the gym before that. So it was fine. (laughs) Um, uh, And I was seeing places in that I knew I had been to, but I had no idea about because I just didn't have that energy and I didn't have that. And I just get so, I yeah, I do. I, I get so upset by it because I just feel like, oh, wow, I really just, in a way of trying to better yourself, you're so neglecting yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know just you saying that again, memories are coming up for me. My mom has such a great memory of like things that happened to me during like those years that I was really sick and struggling. And I'm like, wow, that seems like really significant. And I cannot remember that, you know, but I can remember sneaking off or and like going to the gym or like planning to go to the gym that day or, you know, going to a restaurant and having like a meltdown at the restaurant, like those are my memories whereas she can remember these other things that I'm like wow really wish I could remember something like that you know I don't even really remember my graduation um I didn't have time to go to the gym in the morning so I was really annoyed um and really really agitated so caused an argument with my boyfriend in the morning then took myself out for a walk and I just didn't want anyone around me. I just, I just wanted everyone to leave. Bearing in mind, I live four and a half hours away from my family and all of them came down and I'm from a split family as well. And everyone was all there together, all were there to support me. And I literally just looked at them all and I just thought, oh God. And my mum, everyone was so excited for me. And I was literally just thinking that I don't, I don't want to be here. I don't want to, I don't want to smile for photos. I don't want to go up on stage. Uh, we went for a Nando's before and I just got chicken and 
and I, I look miserable in all of the photos. I can barely smile. And I, I just look like in my eyes, like dead. And I wish I could relive it because I would so lap it up now. <laughs> right. I you got so agree I should be lapping it up. And I did it. Like I literally was just like completely and utterly miserable. I don't, I know that evening I must have gone for a meal with all of my family. I just must have done but I don't remember it. In fact, I'm going to have to, I'm going up to my mum's later. So I'm going to have to find out what I did, but I honestly had in my heart, do not remember it. I just remember sitting in Nando's eating a chicken salad thinking, I wonder if I can get home and go to the gym. So fast forward to now, because you're describing this really low point in your life where you couldn't really even enjoy graduation, smile for photos, but now there's clearly like a whole new energy and glow about you. Obviously, if anyone has ever seen any of your videos or anything of you on Instagram, you know, there's this glow about you. And I would just maybe like if you could share, okay, so it sounds like there was a lot of transformation that happened to you during lockdown, because that's kind Mm -hmm. of the pause that kickstarted this all right so we kind of all know those really foundational basic things that we need to do to get our period back right we need to correct that deficit eating more allows us to correct that deficit exercising less allows us to correct that deficit and also reduce that stress so we know those foundations but I'm curious like Looking back at your journey, what were maybe the biggest things that you did throughout lockdown that actually allowed you to get your period back? Because you have it back, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, of course, foundations, right? Eat, move less, eat more, whatever. But you know what? And this this isn't for everyone, but for me personally, it was it was making a connection to something bigger than Earth. Now that sounds deep as hell, but what I mean by that is it was having a connection and realizing that there is more to life than just me and my body on this earth and who I, what I show up as on earth. And for me, I, my family have always been quite spiritual. So it's, it's quite weird. And I, I don't know why I never found it weird as a kid, but like I used to have Reiki as a kid and like, uh, I, yeah, I still find that funny because my mum's not really into it, but she'd go and have three kids. Anyway, in lockdown, I really sort of dived into, I just had this big, I just needed to learn more about like the soul journey. And I started to realise and I started to learn and lean into sort of like, I'm, st- no, 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 guys, I am so much more than who I am and as a body because I felt like before all I focused on was just me on physical body whereas I learned was I'm so much more than that and I'm learning about what triggers you what doesn't why you went through certain things why something triggered me in that way why this relationship broke down why this one has thrived and sort of looking at things as a whole and I would 100% say I guess sort of having a belief in something, a a world greater than just the human body helped completely transform my life. 
because now I do believe in sort of spirituality connection with guides that's the the I, I still don't quite know the words of what I believe but I know that we're something greater than what we are on earth and that is the most comforting most uh warming thing ever so like diving into like star signs human design like all of this and just sort of like really learning of who I was based on I guess if you like theories right concepts but those sorts of concepts pieced it was like the jigsaw and what I found was this jigsaw doesn't have an end and that's what I found so fascinating of like wow I can just keep learning I mean when I first found you it was the human design stuff that I was like oh my god what's this okay and like I, I guess you could kind of argue I got a little bit instead of being obsessed with exercise and food and my body I got a little bit obsessed with that but what a beautiful world that I've managed to transform for myself because actually what it all comes down to is what I've learned and it doesn't matter what you believe in whether you follow a religion whether you don't whether you manifest whether you talk to guides whatever you believe in it all comes back to love it all comes back to kindness and it all comes back to you and like you can't you can't find your soul mission which I believe we all have you can't show up for other people you can't be the person you want to be until you are that person to you so I was always so focused I knew I wanted to help females I've always been that I know I'm a teacher I know I'm a born teacher I used to play schools as a kid non-stop but I know that that's what I'm meant to be doing but how can you teach when you're neglecting yourself right like how can you and it was just that whole soul mission of like I guess finding and coming you say about coming back to yourself (laughs) yeah literally have a program back home to you yeah yeah exactly and it was that it was literally just I think that big thing of just reading a lot about self I love I love reading self-development understanding how the mind works understanding different beliefs different concepts of other people and then that when you read it all like I even I love even people is it Jay Peterson like I love even even people with slightly non-spiritual concepts or whatever I just found diving into spirituality and then relating that to my life and applying it became my sort of like wow this is amazing there is so much more to life than exercise right there's so much more to learn about and think about and understand than food and exercise because honestly that shit's kind of boring right like it doesn't really matter no. Like, yes, it's very a, uninteresting. <laughs> yeah, that's a really long-winded way of saying I found spirituality, I guess. <laughs> I love that. So obviously, that was a really big thing for you, in addition to, of course, the foundations, because we're not going to get our periods back if we don't, like, focus on those things, too. But I always am curious what that other stuff was. Yeah. For- for whoever I'm talking to, because it is always more than the food and the exercise, right? No matter which way you're looking at it. Um, but you brought up human design a few times and I'm like, Chloe, how have we never talked about human design before so quickly? Like, what's your human design and authority type? So um, I won't lie. It's, it's the one thing it's, 
I've dabbled in it. Um, I've, I won't lie, I'm more, inter- I've more focused on like star signs, rising signs, moon signs, like astrology type of stuff. I'm a generator. Okay. I, okay. I don't, I actually don't really resonate with the generator. Interesting. So I have been meaning to message you a little bit about oh, it. Oh yeah, because, we can chat. Um, <laughs> yeah. Am I right in that a generator is like the, the night, like maybe like a nine to fiver? Like, so I would say that's more of a stereotype, right? right. So basically I would say if you're kind of getting caught up in, well, that's the aspect of this that I don't resonate with. And that's kind of why I'm feeling like off put by it. I more so want you to think that generators, you just have a consistent energy source. And that also doesn't mean that you're, you never get tired. My boyfriend, Scott is a generator and his favorite thing to do is sleep. Like he loves sleeping. So it's not to say that generators have to work nine to fives and that's where they're meant to be. And they're like the workhorses of the world, but more so think of it that you have this sacral center like this energy, like I am a non-sacral being as a manifester. So I don't have that consistent energy source. Actually, yeah. And that's actually something I've really resonated with because um, I I always act on something, whether it feels good or whether it, whether it doesn't. Like if it doesn't feel good, I can't do it. And I, I often think that, that is why I got HA because I was consistently doing things that didn't feel good. Totally makes sense. Absolutely. So there you go. And then it's cool to also learn about like the aura, which is generator. So you have a generator aura and the aura of a generator is magnetic and no kidding. I feel like anyone like you do, I've never been in your personal aura right like you and I have never actually been in the same room but I think anyone who comes across your work across like your social media can see that like you do have this like magnetic energy about you like you draw people in right like that's it's just something about you that's something about generators so hopefully from this little chat, you feel yeah. a little bit more connected with that. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and listen to more of your podcasts about it because I know you've done a couple of episodes, haven't you? Yeah, many episodes. If anyone wants to dive into human design, just like head over to my website and type in human design and all of the podcast episodes will pop up there. Yeah, yeah love it. I, yeah, but I, like I said, like, I'm, I'm conscious of time, but I also... Um, like really dived into like star signs but as soon as I found my rising sign and my moon sign that's when it pieced things all pieced together for me because I'm an Aquarius I know I'm a little funky I know that like that that is fine but Aquarius is and I, I'm humanitarian but it was like your my rising sign is Capricorn and I'm like oh mm. that explains why I'm the workaholic that explains why I'm, and, and also like, I found like traits of Capricorn, like we, we like Capricorn sometimes struggle to like let themselves have fun and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, okay. Like 
and it, it is I just found like diving into self-development and completely understand like learning a bit more about who I was that was out of just the physical body was just completely life-changing yeah well you said it right there you're like oh that's why I'm a workaholic like yeah. you're a generator too like you have that consistent energy source so you can work on things and work on things because you have that sacral energy. Like I said, my boyfriend, Scott, he's a generator and he can work all night. And I'm just like, how are you not feeling like you're dying? You know, because I cannot, like I have a hard stop need to go to bed at like 10 or else I just feel like a monster, like a zombie the next day. But anyways, and so cool. Your sun sign is Aquarius. My rising sign is Aquarius. <laughs> oh, I love it. I, I do. I have to say, I, I'm not being biased, but Aquarius is one of my favorite. I love Leos as well because they're so out there and eccentric. And I think, I think they're so cool. They're like, so sort of like, hello, look at me. <laughs> but I think Aquarius, we're cool. Like we're quite quirky and I like that about me. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I adore that about you. But honestly, sweetheart, <laughs> I could keep chatting with you forever. How are you feeling now? This is like a quick thing that I want to touch on, like where you're at in your kind of post HA recovery. So you got your period back. I just want a quick update. Like, how are you feeling in your recovery journey at the moment? Uh, do you know what? Uh, the past couple of weeks has been the biggest eye opener that even when you have a regular cycle, you're still recovering. Like every single, you're constantly learning about yourself. So uh, this week I've reintroduced me after a year without it. Um, I'm like cheering over here, you guys, just yeah, so you know. Just, <laughs> I think I went into... Um, I think like I was with someone that was vegan, so it just naturally worked. And don't get me wrong, it really helped my digestion. I'm having a bit of a problem with my digestion since I've reintroduced, but I think that's quite normal because it's very tough. normal. Yeah. Um, but I just realized that actually, like I was still being the awkward one when I went out for food. I was still having to check the menus and stuff like that. And I was like, that's not recovery, that's not full freedom. Um, and then I have gone back to the gym and I thought I programmed as a personal trainer, I thought I programmed myself a very, very sensible, slowly progressive program. But uh, in the past couple of weeks, I've really, really struggled with recovery. So I now get excited when things go wrong because I just think, okay, this is amazing. Like I, I now learn that deadlifts are probably a bit too much for me. So I'll just dial it back. That's cool. Like let's, let's take out a couple of strength sessions and swap them back for yoga. Let's maybe not lift as much. Let's maybe instead of three times a week, let's try two times a week. Maybe let's try increasing the calories. Like what can I do to help accelerate my recovery and my workout response? Right. So like it's exciting. I feel like once you get past the, once you get a regular cycle, you're still in recovery. But I think once you get that regular cycle, as long as you're still working on the mindset and stuff, you're able to deal with anything that sort of crops up. Like if you fall back with training in step previously, I beat the hell up, sorry, beat myself up so much. Whereas now I get excited because I'm like, oh, okay that's not working. So let's try and manipulate this then. Let's try and make it because I feel like I'm rather than, and I guess, like I said earlier, I've got this addictive personality and instead of trying to fight it, I'm just trying to embrace it. That it's like, 
instead of being so addicted to changing my body it's like now I want to just be the best person I can so if that means if my workout program or my diet or my work or whatever isn't helping me be the best person I can be that's cool let's change it like let's get sort of like I get I, I mean some people would say don't no you shouldn't be addicted but it's like let's let's just become addicted to being trying to be the best person I can be in all aspects like in a full holistic way so yeah so it's still a learning curve and I love that about this journey you're always learning something about yourself yes and I feel like that could be a whole other podcast episode for you and I but one last question sweetheart and I ask all of my guests this what does it mean to you to be unbreakable oh my gosh wow um I want to say sh- like being able to show up for yourself consistently. If you can wake up every day and know that, you know what, even, yeah, this is, this is a pretty rubbish day or, you know, something happens. You can still look yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and go, yeah, you're all right, mate. You're all right. And I think showing up, yeah, being consistently and just knowing like, you're good. Don't worry, you're good. Amazing. Well, I love this chat so much. And if people are on their phones right now and want to jump over and give you a follow and stuff, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm at Chloe Hodgkinson, um, C-H-L-O and then H-O-D-G-K-I-N-S-O-N on Instagram, Um, YouTube, the Female Feel Good podcast and uh, femalefeelgoodclub.com amazing thank you so much you'll for sure be back on soon (laughs) bye love